Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. host of buy or sell what the hell and i'm here with as usual uh co-host Demetric and my partner alec we're going to be covering just kind of what we've been doing lately is talking a little bit about the overall market um what's been happening what we what we like going forward long and short uh just discussing just the news of the week and then um talking trading as usual so with that, you guys want to, Demetri, what did you want to lead off with? I want to lead off with why, if I were a new listener, like I just stumbled upon buy or sell, what the hell? I've listened to all the other shows on the Bitcoin Podcast Network, but have missed out on the first few episodes of this one. Like, why am I listening to JJ talk about yeah. trading? <laughs> right. Like, you know what's the what what what's the background there? That's fair. That's fair. So, I just hate talking about myself, but I I do need to do this. So, my background was I was a fixed income trader for many years on the institutional side. We ran a kind of a boutique um, shop where we did analysis. Uh, we covered all the primary dealers and a lot of money side or uh, hedge fund. Uh, Money setter banks, not so much, but the large money managers on the buy side. And we kind of had a unique um, business model where we were executing for customers and giving an analysis, which is very common on what they call the sell side. But then we were also taking real proprietary risk um, in trading for ourselves. So we had a directional model that we would basically means we were day traders and we weren't we weren't trying to make money being market makers or, uh, you know, just filling orders, um, which is a lot of the way Wall Street works. There's not a lot of great directional traders. Um, you know, there's a lot of great investors, but when it comes to day trading, a lot of what you see is just, you know, filling, brokering, uh, market making, um, and that type of business. So anyway, so we, we were pretty good directionally. We did that for a long time, and then we took – that same approach in the rates markets and treasuries. And then we've expanded that into Forex and obviously now crypto. So that's what, that's what we've been trading a lot of um, for the most part lately. Good deal. Yeah. yeah so <clears throat> what do you guys want to lead off with? There's a lot of tether news today. I mean, a lot of the, they just seem like they were trying to push the market low. I don't know who's, if it's the big boys are short or the, you know, you can talk the conspiracy theory all you want. If the, if the banks want it lower because they're short futures, but they were just slamming the same headlines all day today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those headlines were 
already two months old too. Yeah, it was corrected yeah. right after the fact. It's pretty. Yeah, I even posted one in the room, and I was like, "Oh, well, I guess I'm just reposting old news now." Oldnews.com. Exactly, right? <laughs> that should be a website if it's not, at least in the crypto world. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know how the depth of this tether thing is. Um, there's lots of theories out there that if it is as bad as it is and they're insolvent, then we've got another goxing in the making. I mean, I don't know because I feel like things are a lot more decentralized now. There's a lot more exchanges than just Bitfinex that are doing a lot of volume. You yeah. know, so so Bitfinex was doing dirt and everyone that is involved with Tether was doing dirt, then... I think it'll take a slight hit, but it's not going to be Gox status. No. That's for sure. And I think the market, too, was already sniffing that out. I mean, you, people have been worried about Tether for a while. So I think a lot of that, I don't know, maybe the smarter, bigger money has already moved out of that. But you didn't even see that price action react that much. So I don't – it might be one of those things where you wake up and it is at $0.25. Cents. I mean, we've been telling our guys if you can – probably shouldn't have a lot on the exchanges anyway so if you're that means you'd be in a lot of us you know you'd be in a lot of tether if you're leaving stuff on the exchanges but probably best to if you want to be in cash then you you know it's kind of a pain in the ass to to get back to dollars but that's probably the right place to bend to be the last couple of weeks <laughs> yeah and it's interesting too as the markets start dipping just a little bit just there's a huge influx of people buying tether yeah. To try to save themselves from the tether news. Well, that's a good point, Alec. Did you guys see that? I think I looked at the coinage chart of, of the, what, what, what do they show, the uh, holdings there? Mm -hmm. I mean, I what's up at $2.4 billion? So there's, that's a lot of capital to try to be matching dollar for dollar. I don't. I really doubt they have it. Also, when you st they probably started out with two hundred million or whatever it was, and that's doable. Offs, there's nowhere about that. There's no flight to quality trade really in this crypto market. So, in other markets like today, I mean, the Dow's off, you know, point and a quarter, and that seems like a lot because the Dow's just been grinding higher for eighteen months. But there was a decent amount of all the VIX went from nine back to fifteen. And usually, if you do see a big risk-off move, you're going to see, you know, the dollar rally. You're going to see a lot of capital move into the treasury market, right? Especially the long end, about ten-year and thirty-year paper. And there really is no trade like that to be had in crypto. You either got to move to the sidelines, or you know, there's nothing to really buy that goes up when everything's going down. Like Dimitri, you probably saw when. We didn't really start trading heavily till after Bitcoin was above a thousand. Mm -hmm. But correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it when you were trading? You had a couple of those big rallies from you know 100 to 400, and when Bitcoin would go through those 50 percent, 80 percent retrace, the alts actually were kind of the the flight to quality trade because BTC it was it seemed like more people would pile into the alts when when Bitcoin would come off. But like mm -hmm. this, this setback, it's been no place to hide. I mean, you, we've had an intermediate term downtrend and everything's going down. You're absolutely right, man. Um, back 
way back in the day when I was trading just Ether against Bitcoin, Bitcoin was pretty much the only way in and out of USD. You know, so Bitcoin, I kind of act like it was as a reserve for everybody else to trade off of with the other with the other currencies. Like you needed Bitcoin to do all those things. So if Bitcoin was taking a downturn. Everybody wanted to get more Bitcoin anyway. They would just kind of offload into the other ones, into Ether, yeah. into Zcash, into Monero. And then when Bitcoin started going back up, you know, vice versa, there was an inverse relationship. Um, but now, you know, not so much because there's a lot more ways into crypto with USD or not a lot more. There's just two now, Ether and Bitcoin. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to. There's and no, I think, go ahead. And I think um, I think we've probably seen, too, is that more and more people are aware in the space. There's a lot more traders that have other positions and everybody's gets piled in long to a lot of positions so that <laughs> if everybody's long and everybody's aware or there's more people aware of the neos and you know the districts and even people trading gas and stuff or binance coin if everybody's long on the highs and when you do pull back there's nobody really there to to move into the alts as much anymore probably <clears throat> yep. i don't know it's just it's good to try to pay attention to those correlations and it's just really i don't really see a good one to like, what do you buy when every when the market's really in a kind of a risk-off mode for crypto it's really it's tough it'll, it'll be helpful with more and more people trading short on the futures you could hedge you know it'd be nice if we could get buy put options on all the different alts that that's going to take a while to develop yeah, but like I said, for some time, it takes a while for all these financial services to come online. I think now that people, I think especially now that Wall Street's seeing like saying like, oh, we can make a lot of money off this stuff. I think it's going to shorten the time it took to build those financial services, honestly. So yeah, yeah, for sure. So I was Alex, listening. Go ahead. I was listening to a couple institutional guys from. Um, different hedge funds that we're talking about, you know, they, they go and do these meetings and there's the hedge funds that kind of move first into the space because they're a little bit more flexible or kind of on the fringe, but really to get the big institutional money. I mean, there's, we've created so much regulation and rules around what you can invest and that, and all that not necessarily is that bad, but I mean, for a pension fund to invest in crypto, I mean, you can't just, you know, it's going to take a while for them to completely change their whole structure. And, you know, you almost have to walk in and tell these people, once you tell them about Bitcoin, then you have to actually tell them, you know, and here's the regulators side by side sitting next to you saying, oh, and by the way, it's okay for you guys to trade in this and settle in it. And it's just going to take a while. Sounds like an ICO in the making. <laughs> so that's what it sounds like. Somebody's somebody's trying to build that ICO right now. Regulator <laughs> token. That's what they call it. Um, so Alec, you want to talk about uh, something else as well, right? The uh, you know, well, the Robin Hood. Yeah, we didn't get around to that last week. I know we wanted to talk about that. 
it's uh it's a lot of new money coming into the marketplace a lot of just casual traders and investors being able to swap their stocks to crypto really pretty instantly yeah they got the good old-fashioned liquidity event some some uh, like phrasing i i got from a guest on one of our shows on the bitcoin podcast uh like that's it. what it's that's what it feels like so mm-hmm. do you use robin hood does anybody use robin hood here I think I have an account. I don't know if I ever actually moved money in there, though. Yeah, I think I it's remember when they first came on. Um, I don't know if um, who's the gentleman that 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 started stocked with? Uh, what's the CEO's name? Stocked with? You guys know it. Howard. Howard. Uh, I don't know, but I think he was one of the first to partner up with Robinhood and. Um, I mean, it's the right idea. I mean, just kind of like what the internet's done in a lot of other industries is you just take the the fees out and just get the eyeballs and the capital, I guess, is how they're the revenue model. But it's yeah. good. I mean, it's forced Schwab's commissions down. It forced the whole space's commissions down. So I, I'm, I'm looking for the same guys have to start, you know, letting their customers trade the same stuff yeah yeah more liquidity the better really especially with the millennials i mean you know scott trade i don't even know how scott trade's still competing to be honest <laughs> did you see those uh did you see those charts of robin hoods that at tron like 80s style <laughs> no. that's how you get the millennials yeah it is you it's... gotta make it you gotta make it real cool yeah <laughs> that's that's all they're saying in their meetings right now is like look functionality can be here there we're not going to tell them about ethereum being slow or bitcoin being slow sometimes this shit's got to be cool okay <laughs> it's got to be the coolest thing they've ever swiped on <laughs> but um i mean like i i mean a million people a mil- over a million people have have signed up for this uh ability to buy crypto with no fees so i mean if you look at it speculatively let's say they let's say they're just swinging for the fences with a hundred dollars each well you know yeah you you got all that new capital coming in so yeah no exactly it's probably closer to i don't know what would be the average millennial i think the limit's a thousand right up right up front so you got like a thousand dollar limit I'm on Why the list. Do that. I read my email like usual. Why would they put a limit on the top? Yeah, that's a good question. That's strange. I, I don't I think, think I'd ever put a limit on how much money someone is throwing towards me to manage or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I'll probably put a limit on it because. Yeah, I mean, I'd assume it's probably regulation. I mean, like they're only opening in five states right off the bat. Oh, those are the sure, small sure details. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy to open crypto trading. So they've probably got to go around and get their money transfer, transmitter license, whatever. Well, Robinhood, had you set up Lightning Network nodes, you would need a money transmitter license, now would you? I'm just saying. <laughs> know what the tech does, but I didn't know that. So I mean, that's that's. There's going to be several events like that, I think, and there's something that I mentioned in the past. 
is that like we're going to start to see more and more players that you wouldn't think get into the space, get into the space. Like, um, not to go into too many details, one of the articles I read this morning that really, you know, got me excited was Samsung is going to be the foundry for miners now that are making the mining ASIC chips or ASICs. Yeah, is like, more, comp- more competition, that, the better. Yeah, that's a huge deal. And that's not going to be the last company we see do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you got companies like Kodak building miners and you're like, what? You guys have been <laughs> struggling hard since Nokia, huh? But like, you know, we're going to see more and more companies do that. But let's get into some trading stuff. Like, what's some tokens that you've been trading around today, JJ? Or recently, you want to talk to, you know, what's going to be a little bit more bullish or long? Yeah. Or bearish, short. Well, we've been talking, you know, you asked me about the short side. I actually don't have a whole lot down here because we're close to 10,000 to 8,000 on BTC, kind of long term. It's the spot where you want to start, you know, being pretty bullish, I think, actually, you know, until it breaks, if and when it doesn't. But um, so I have to think more on the short side. And we're not trading that much around short anyway. But I know some, you know, there's traders all over the world listening. So some of you guys do. So let me think about that. But what's but what has been working well, and there's not a lot that's that's been moving up in this tape is um we talked about it in our trading room this morning is neo looked good ethereum is still one of the strongest actually in the market as far as what the chart looks like and just the technical market structure so i always define that by um the, the real right way to define a trend is just higher highs and higher lows when you're in an uptrend downtrend it's lower highs and lower lows sounds pretty simple the tricky part is you got to know which highs and lows matter so there's a right way and a wrong way to do that but ethereum still is actually this week made a higher high on the intermediate term and then so did neo and then we had our guys we issued a buy signal on gas neo gas um earlier in the week and it really took off so those two spots are probably the strongest in this tape um but we've been trying to be pretty patient. There hasn't been that many buying opportunities. I think that's been the right thing is kind of just sitting through this intermediate term pullback. It's just a cycle thing. I mean, it could be two to three months cycle. Everybody in crypto is so used to everything just going straight up every month that you have one down month and it feels like forever, you know? <laughs> I know. It's like the end of the world. Just one down month and people are like losing their minds. I mean, this is definitely the least amount of energy and the slowest I've seen it. Not from a not not from like just a demand perspective. I'm just saying as far as just the sense of the energy in the market. You know, I think it's a it's healthy to breathe. Yeah, you know, definitely. I I think it I think it depends too. A lot of these people probably didn't play it right either. Too well, heavy up there. I mean, well, it's, I mean, I don't think I, I only listen to CNBC just to get a feel for the sentiment, and it's hard to do it sometimes. But it was nonstop Bitcoin when we were, you know, eighteen thousand, nineteen thousand. Um, I don't think they mentioned it all today. I mean, or yesterday. So that's pretty typical, right? It's just it's. 
that was all the energy and the euphoria on the euphoria on the highs and probably sucked a bunch of new people in up there and now no. Yeah, a lot of people have lost a lot of money in the past month. Yeah. Due to all that. So I hope they're happy. I hope their bosses told them something stern, but I doubt it. So <laughs> especially on the ripple step by step guide. I'll never forget that. It was like a nightmare. I was just watching a nightmare. But um Okay, so what about is there so yeah, I mean looking at the market, there's not a lot that is bullish really. You said Ether Neo. Oh. I mean Monero, you get another knockdown there. 10 percent. Mm-hmm. You know, I like being a buyer there. Um just not in a rush. I mean the these four hour cycles the way we look at them have been actually very uh, rhythmic and very identifiable. And it's just until we start making higher highs, there's no real reason to be in a rush. And we're still watching those lows from the 22nd on a lot of markets. I don't have the chart up in front of me right now. I guess I could. Yeah, there were uh, me and a few other guys in the room were talking and buying up uh, a little bit of arc down here yeah you've you know you were a little bit more bullish on them since the conference right the miami conference yeah it was pretty enjoyable enjoyable talk with them and you know just taking taking a second look at the charts and a few other people in the room where everything was kind of lining up so i think we were we were adding a little bit of when it was up at 650 and we've just been adding as it's yeah. down at what like 530 now 525 no, I don't disagree. That chart's another one that's making higher lows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Bitcoin broke down on the intermediate term. Ethereum broke down. Litecoin broke down. This is a chart that is still long-term bullish, still intermediate-term bullish. So you have both those time frames. That's that's probably one of the strongest-looking charts. Would um, you be looking for, like, uh, I think we were talking about a pop-up to, like, 750 before we kind of thought about taking any sort of profit. Yeah, that's that's... There's two tails up there, the last intraday. That's the old resistance, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. That pivot. That makes sense. Matrix, do you know any more about them? No, I don't. From the trading perspective, no. I don't. I'm not up to speed on that project. Yeah. All in all, pretty pretty slow week here, huh? Just kind of adding to some positions. Around the board, mm-hmm. yeah. Salts. I mean, another strong one. I think I can't remember. Remember, we talk about so many coins, but Wallcoin had a really strong move. That was probably the strongest coin out there last week, and it's still still rock solid. So it tells you a lot when you want to pay attention to the coins that do well when the market's doing poor. Because a lot of times when the market turns back up, those will be the ones that lead. So if something's performing well in a crappy tape, then that, you know, it's meaningful for sure. It tells you something. And a lot of times those are the ones that really take off too. And the next, when everything else turns back up. So that would be one of the others I would keep an eye on for sure. Any coming out of left field that you think may make a run. This This is, I like to call it like a, What's it called in, in Vegas? The little ball. You put the little ball in the spinny thing. It goes around the 
Roulette wheel? Yeah. Yeah. Any of those way down there? Oh, man. Um, I just you can definitely say no. Rail, <laughs> rail blocks? Seems like there's a lot of interest in that one. Yeah, it's not, not very down there anymore. That pretty big <laughs> run up in the last few weeks. I mean, really? There's so many. There's so many little, so many small projects. You know, you kind of just got to spread, spread a little bit. A few yeah. of them. And... Uh, I heard about Railbox last week. Looked at it for a second. Looks neat. Yeah, yeah, just on CNBC, I think. Is it the ticker on there? Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Are they running tickers down there? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I saw. I saw a screenshot. Someone was posting it. They should. Should. We should do that. We're thinking about doing that, aren't we? We're, yeah. we're in the process. Guys, one other thing that just popped in my mind is the very bullish news. Is that news out of Wyoming that they're trying to push that bill through? Yeah, you were sharing you that earlier. Through that. Yeah, what was that about? So Wyoming, this is the most like uh, proactive, um, I don't know, they're just cheerleading the whole concept. They they said, hey, we're welcome to doing uh, business on uh, cryptocurrencies. They're trying to be very ICO friendly. They, they're basically trying to put this bill through that says that um, um, they're not going to consider uh, cryptocurrencies a security. They're not going to consider it uh an equity, which is great. I mean, it, it leaves the door open for, yeah, you want to make it a commodity and you get the CFTC involved, but they're at least not, they're at least trying to say, hey, if we set this as uh, precedent and they're talking about in the article that, you know, it's the legislative power, they're the ones who are supposed to put in force the rules. So from the top, yeah, the Fed, at the federal level, that has, you know, they have oversay over the, uh, the states, but if we set the precedent um, and get that bill through, then then that kind of takes away the power from the SEC. They're not supposed to, the regulators aren't supposed to be dictating, you know, law. And then um, you set that precedent. I think it really sets the stage and didn't even come across the tape. I mean, it's, it was all negative headlines today. I'm surprised that more people. I haven't been talking about that. I thought it was great. Yeah, that yeah, one even stuck on my radar. I didn't see that one. Oh yeah, you got to look at that. It's. I wish I could. If I read through it again, I'd be able to explain it a little better in detail. But everyone should check that out. I mean, you know, we're in the process of doing an ICO, and Wyoming has always been one that's that's been on our you know radar to do it out of our Florida. Um, and Delaware, of course, they've always been. I stand to be corrected on this, but last year, and I do believe this was Wyoming. It was either Wyoming or Montana, like like it was up there, up north. And they actually funded with state funds uh, a mining operation. So I wouldn't really? be surprised if it is Wyoming. Yeah. So, um, well, do we wrap? Do we wrap this up? I mean, we've had a bit of news. We've uh, talked about some tokens to look at going into the next show by the time you hear us next time. <laughs> yeah, and... for sure. For the end of the week, I mean, I, I could just say to keep it simple for the listeners. I mean, I still think you've got to be careful. There's a lot of risk um, 
below 10,000 on a daily and weekly closing. Um, yeah, I'm just bringing up the chart, but but the uh, the lows from the 22nd still. That's kind of what we're looking for. If we crack that, then you might have to take some risk off. We'll probably be cutting a lot of our position because then there's a chance you get a move back to the full pie cycle is what we look at. That would be down at 6,000. So we'll see. Anything can happen. That's just kind of where you sometimes got to draw the, you know, identify where your risk is. I think it'll be interesting to uh, see how the whole tether audit shakes out too. Yeah. You know. How That's going to be a while, but I, I think it's going to be, right yeah, there. we'll see. I'm right there with you. It's going to be interesting to see what's going on over there at Bitfinex and Poloniex and who, what other exchanges are doing at Tether. Yeah, so. I mean, I I wasn't a big fan of Bitfinex once they booted all the U.S. customers. You know, that was, that was obviously enough for me, but mm -hmm. I, Well, let's promote ourselves here. What do we do? Let's get the word out. Yeah, so if you guys are interested in whether you're new to markets, trading, um, crypto, I think we probably have one of the fastest growing chat rooms. I mean, we've had over 500 traders and the crypto side of our business has just exploded for obvious reasons of demand there. So if you go to JenkinsRM.com, you'll see under our services tab, there's a chat room it's free to join you just come on in you can we're all three of us are in there and you know then we offer some other services we have buy, you know um, real-time alerts product it's probably one of the best signaling products out there for under 100 bucks a month which just doesn't exist i mean we charge institutions thousand to five thousand dollars for access to our model and then um what else guys block edge um, BlockEdgeCapital.com is the asset digital asset management firm that we're starting, and then in conjunction with that is part of our trading platform, which we call which we call Rhythm, mm -hmm. and that's the ICO we're doing to build that that trading platform. Yep, absolutely. So, so if you want to learn to trade, come over to uh, JenkinsRM.com. Right? Yes, and we're gonna keep hitting you with good. Uh, bits of market news um, because here's the thing obviously CNBC and Bloomberg have put their foot in the sand or they put made put their mark in the sand that they don't want to really get interested in cryptocurrency and their loss right so if you are interested you want good sound like trading of course join all of those avenues that JJ and Alec just mentioned and news keep listening to us here we're gonna keep trying to get you good news um, that you're not gonna see on CNBC, Bloomberg, yeah. you're just not. So, um, yeah, looking forward to if you guys uh, join up in the chat room. Looking forward to talking with you. So, that's Sounds all good. I got. We'll make that a wrap. Wrap it up. <laughs>